Hey guys, Kara and Nick here. We have a really fun guest today. Her name is Crystal Jones. She's just one of those people that as soon as you meet her, you just feel comfortable and like you could tell her anything and she's just fun to be around and she's really good at her job. And I'm gonna let her tell you a little bit about what she does. So, um, you, you had asked initially why I wanted to get into this field, and I will kind of give you the little spill, but I, going through school, I actually wanted to be a crime scene tech, so oh, I did never see myself working with kids or children, but um, as I was wrapping up my bachelor's degree, I got a job working at the Dixie Area De Detention Center with um, primarily teenagers. And I just found that most of them needed someone in their corner and they were very misunderstood and I just became very passionate about that line of work. I got the opportunity to move over to the Washington County Youth Crisis Center where I also worked with kids there, middles and bigs. And then I got an opportunity to move over to Child and Family Services. And with all the clients that I worked with there, I just I fell in love with um, that role. I got to uh, start initially as a foster care worker, and then I moved to be a transition to adult living coordinator where I helped kids gain skills while they were in foster care and then age out of foster care, which was equally gratifying as it was sad. And then I got the opportunity, finishing up my master's degree, to move into the clinical adoption a specialist for Southwest Region. There's two of us. And I love this job because I get to help kids who have already found permanency stay in their permanent homes. And I think it's really important to be able to give families resources and tools and um, anything we can do to preserve permanency for kids that have been in the child welfare system. I love that. Being involved in the foster care system. So here at the Love is Never Wasted podcast and our foundation. What we, Karen and I have set out to do is educate about foster care you know kind of try to bust myths about foster care maybe give the, you know just tell the truth about foster care are there any misconceptions of the foster care so like what would what would you what would you say if there is a misconception about the foster care system what would you say i think i want is? to mention two Oh, you have two. I have two. Right. Um, one of them that I think is the biggest in my line of work is that I've seen that kids in foster care are bad kids. And most of the time, children that are in the child welfare system are there due to no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. So their parents are struggling. Their parents have challenges. And not that these kids aren't going to come with some behavioral challenges, but these behavioral challenges come because these kids come from hard circumstances or some hard places. They've been hurt by the people that we're supposed to love and care for them the most. They've been told by adults things and those promises have been broken. And, you know, they're going to have mistrust and they're going to have some of these survival behaviors, but I think with a family who's invested and nurturing and loving and kind, that they have the ability to heal from these circumstances. My other one... Did you just have two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah my other one is that teenagers are going to be so difficult. Mm -hmm. oh, and I've yeah. always been... My, my line of work, I've always gravitated towards the teenagers. And um, I think that teenagers can be very mistrusting and guarded, but I think they're so fun and they're so silly and they're so full of life. And if you think of all the opportunities that teenagers have in those years, there's so many fun opportunities that someone that's invested could really get involved in and make those years really powerful for that mm -hmm. kid. And not only that, you like help prepare them and scaffold them into adulthood. And so 
I often hear in all of the panels about the teenagers being the hardest ones, and, and that isn't usually the case. And so I'd really challenge people to take in the teenagers and really explore those fun experiences that they can have not only in those teenagers, but helping transform them into adulthood. That was one of my concerns. I was one of those people that thought teenagers would be something that I never wanted to experience in, in foster care. And we got one, and, and you're right. It's been amazing, you know. It's so fun. So, and so many experiences that we never would have seen otherwise had we not, that I'm so grateful that we, that we did do that. But also, she's just an angel. We got lucky, too. But um, I think in a lot of ways, they can, you know, teenagers can be a lot more rewarding. Well, like you said, they're so fun, and they have a, a different perspective on things, and it's kind of fun to relive things through them and their humor. And I feel like I understand all the cool texting apps and stuff. <laughs> like, HBU, how about you? I wouldn't know that without Anna. I'll text my mom friends and they don't know what I'm talking about. So it's just kind of fun to just get to kind of broaden your life in a really special way. So I totally agree. I well, love teens. teenagers as a teens general a rule, rap. teenagers mm-hmm. as a general rule present different challenges anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I our, our, our teenage foster daughter who is now ours, our, our daughter, she, I don't know that she's presented any other challenges than any of any other teenager would. Teenager would. Well, I think um, teenagers, too, they can tell you how they're feeling. Yes. And Sometimes. The, well, right. But, you know, there's digging that needs to happen and some trust and connection that needs to be built. Often the littles, they don't have that voice yet mm-hmm. established. And they've endured so many hard and difficult circumstances that that trauma may take a lot of time mm-hmm. to really uncover. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. So in your perspective, what characteristics make a good foster parent? So there's a lot of research out there that it only takes uh, one person to change the trajectory, right, for a youth lifelong. Um, Like I said before, I think parents need to be nurturing and loving and patient, but I think they need to have realistic expectations for a child who comes from trauma or from a hard place. I think they need to know to expect some of those behavior challenges and survival behaviors. Um, But I think one of the most important things is to be consistent, Mm -hmm. keeping your promises, When you say something, you know, follow through, show up in the things that are important to them, like their basketball game or their music theater, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Sit down and talk to them why they like their awful rap music or their quirky little talents or, you know, just really dive in and get to know what matters to them. And I also think it's really important as far as consistency is to be predictable in your home. Mm -hmm. You know, if a child can expect that dinner's going to be there every night at five o'clock, there's no fear around that. And if they've mm-hmm. come from a home where that has been a lack, you're not going to see those behaviors because you're creating a, a, a felt safety within your home. And I think once children have that felt safety, you can start building that trust and that connection. And really that's where kind of the healing takes place for a lot of these kids. I think it, what you said about expectations is so true. I remember when I when we first had our daughter and just so many questions from people about things that would just kind of crack me up like where does she want to go to college and what are her ACT scores and what are like stuff that maybe they were thinking about and I was just thinking we're just trying to like get to know each other and love each other or like what's her religious background it's just um, a lot of details that I think you don't need to focus on when you just need to focus on loving someone and getting to know them and not trying to fit them into you know the life that maybe 
a kid that was born in your family might be trajectory trajectory that's a new word on copyright <laughs> it's mine <laughs> that's what's great about english everybody understood what you're saying you got it so i i love that you said that because um it doesn't mean that you have low expectations at all i look at anna i think she could run the world if she wanted she's so talented and beautiful and amazing but on her terms and on her time schedule. And sometimes we have to lower the bar and then go back and reevaluate that bar mm-hmm. based upon where they're at in their timeline. Yeah, exactly. Like the ultimate bar to me is as high as it could possibly be, but her steps to getting there are going to be up to her. And um, I had a friend who took in teens tell me that what she did when she when her two daughters first came was just asking them what they wanted for their life. Rather than saying, okay, here are rules, here's what I want for you. She found it really eye-opening to just say, what What do you want for you? And they, they had a cute answer. They said they wanted to be classy, <laughs> which you probably heard that. But, oh, I know who um, you're talking about. Yeah. But she was like, okay, this is what classy girls do. Let's do it. And then it was them that wanted it, and she was just there to kind of support their goals. And that was really good advice for me because then I could kind of... And I think when when we first started having those conversations, she was so overwhelmed. I, you know, just in the first few days, she had to answer so many questions about, you know, what size pants do you wear? And what do you want to do about this? And where do you want to go to school? And I could tell she was getting really overwhelmed. And so at some point in the first week or so, I just said, are you, do you like me asking questions all the time? Do you want me to chill out and let, you know, is this bothering you? And she said, I just never, had anyone ask what I wanted so I just have to figure it out and sometimes it's it's about a lot to get to know yeah I think what another important thing that you said is just being flexible and open to we have a lot of parents that we work with that are very rigid and set in their Mm -hmm. ways and think that you know I've raised biological children and I can raise these children the same way and that's not always the case like you have to take this as a brand new approach and a brand new experience and be open to learning and be flexible and, like you said, do it on their terms. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, like, if you just think about, um, I think anybody can think about a time in their life where they've dealt with, like, the most difficult circumstance they're ever going to deal with and what were the people in their circle, how did they act, and what were the characteristics that got them through that. That's going to be the characteristics that get a small child or a middle or a big through these probably the most difficult experience they're going to deal with as Mm -hmm. a small human Mm -hmm. so being kind and patient and loving and someone who shows up and answers the call and doesn't give up on them I think all those characteristics are important Mm -hmm. and what we'd expect for someone who was rallying and being a cheerleader for us right yeah 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 so there's a reason we ask you you know what characteristics make for a good foster parent because another part of our message is, is is trying to inspire anyone and everyone out there to dive into this and be in and, and and ask themselves seriously if they could be a foster parent and join us in being a foster parent I think the things that you said two things stuck out to me the managing expectations which is I think why Kara is such a good foster parent because she has the ability to do that and also consistency I think consistency is something that, that we can talk about and we can show people that being a foster parent isn't that hard because for most of us a lot of us consistency is second nature and the reason these kids are in the situation they are in is because they were probably raised in an environment where consistency wasn't second nature there's no consistency yeah Mm -hmm. for you and I that's a simple thing Um, dinner every night um, home every evening or some sort of a routine 
And it's amazing how much a routine, a consistent routine, can be so healing for these children. And then also, um, like you said, managing expectations. I think that might be the harder of the two things for regular people is to manage expectations because we want to see our kids thrive. We want to give them... That's that's harder for me. That's something that I've had to learn from Kara. And, um, and then I think maybe my consistency has helped in other ways too. But I just wanted to... I really like that you, that you mentioned those two points because that's really all it takes is to do the same thing over and over and be there and be consistent and show that um, you know show them that you'll be there every night that's very healing for them there's a lot of research behind structure and predictability and creating that safety for that for those children in your home so in your opinion what are what is something we can do um, just to improve the foster system like what any of us could do so I put a lot of thought into this question because I was like there's so many things I could talk about (laughs) (laughs) but I think when you look at the foster care system overall and like how many changes need to be made and what that system process looks like and there are there are a lot of people out there that are making really big changes and but those big big changes take a lot of time Mm -hmm. and I think that can be very overwhelming and so Um, But one thing I think that we can do is look at the communities in which we live in. I think that's where we can start making change. They say it takes a village to raise a child, and I am a super firm, firm believer in that. You just need lots of connections, and many youth that age out of the foster care system leave without connections, and that's why we see the devastating outcomes Mm -hmm. for our kids. Homelessness, incarceration, second-generation DCFS clients, um, poverty, you know, unwed mothers that are very, very young, and that list could probably go on. But we have lots of amazing programs just here in our community. Um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Youth Futures, Team Raw, Southwest Prevention, and there there are quite a few of them just here in the community that provide that mentorship. And so giving those, giving youth opportunities to build those connections um, with supportive and caring adults who will kind of rally behind them um, will give them great opportunities when they face future difficult situations. So I think on a community level, there's lots of ways to get involved or be a special someone in someone's life, even if they have no experience to foster care. Um, We have, I mean, there's lots of uh, capacities that they can serve in, a coach, mentor, a respite provider, a court-appointed special advocate, big brother, big sister, like you guys are doing as a foster parent. So I think people just need to get educated on what community resources we have and if you want to just if you don't want to jump in the deep end you know just start getting involved with some of these programs that provide mentorship yeah we have a lot of this information on our website loveisneverwasted.org especially in in the you know the different communities across the nation so you can go to our website wherever you are there's likely you know that that's what's here in southwest utah wherever you are um, that information will be readily available on our website's a good place to start so you've been in and around foster care for a while. Um, a lot of our listeners probably want to know that they're not alone in some of their concerns becoming a foster parent. What are, what are the most common or biggest concerns you see from uh, per- perspective foster parents? I, one of the ideas that I think is the, probably concerning for me is that you can love trauma away from children. Explain I, that. Okay, so and I think foster parents have wonderful and beautiful intentions of taking in children and they have homes and they are full of love to give but these kids need just more than love Uh and it's super important to be educated and trauma-informed on how to help some of these children that have come from really difficult places 
how to heal. Like I said earlier, some of these survival behaviors will manifest in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think foster parents need to be educated in understanding the why Mm -hmm. behind some of these survival behaviors so that they don't reinforce trauma when they're redirecting or helping them through a difficult moment. Um, There's lots of ways to correct uh, correct behavior through like playful engagement and Mm -hmm. just being informed, like trauma-informed in that matter and having some of those resources is super important. So I think as parents, um, we need to understand what our own triggers are, our own attachment styles, um, our own limitations. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to do a real honest inventory of those so we can really do the personal work. So when we are taking kids in that may have triggers and traumas and um, survival behaviors, these aren't re-triggering Mm-hmm. re-triggering us and re-traumatizing the children that we're taking in and trying to heal. Yeah. That's such a good point. A lot of that is covered in the 32 hours of classes mm-hmm. that you're, I mean, right? Not all A lot of it, of it is, but I did a lot of reading and research, and I felt like it helped prepare yeah. me a ton. Well, it's ongoing. Yeah, there's so many resources, and I think continually putting yourself out there to get educated on being trauma-informed, I think, is so important. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it helps you just prepare, and it does, like you say, help you grow and kind of understand yourself. And so it's just a good thing all around for anyone to do, but then also that you can um, get to know them and understand their styles and, and what, and then working both of those together, create a really good environment where it doesn't harm you or them when there are those moments. I think, too, with um, parents they get so busy taking care of the needs of children they take in their home and they often lose their self-care and and mm-hmm. don't put the relationships that they already have in place as a priority as well. And that's often when we see, again, family dysfunction and uh, a lack of family unity. So really prioritizing self-care and taking care of yourself so that you can take care of these little ones and be on the same page as as your social supports is super helpful too. Mm-hmm, for sure. You have the attention of hundreds of thousands of listeners. <laughs> no pressure. Okay, eventually you will. We're just getting started, but this seems going to be really big. If there's anything else you could add about you know, the, the foster care system, anything you'd want to share with prospective foster parents about about foster care, about what they would be getting themselves into, what what would it be? So I read over the goals of the foundation, and I think they're amazing. And I do think that you as, can find those on loveisneverwasted.org, by the way. I think as child welfare workers, um, that's what we hope to do for our families and kids that we serve as well. When I've presented in different forums, there's always questions revolving like, "What if?" Like when I sit on these panels, they're like, uh-huh. "What if? What if?" Right. And my idea is that most of these um, "what if" questions come from a place of fear and a place of uncertainty, but they're usually pretty negative. Yeah. Um, and I would just reframe some of these what-if questions. Mm-hmm. And I do think you need to be educated, and I think you need to make wise decisions based upon your own individual home um, circumstances. But my challenge would be to just approach this with great optimism. Like, with every great challenge and sacrifice comes a great reward. So what if bringing a child brings great joy into your home? Yes. And what if a child forms these long-lasting, meaningful connections with your children and your family? Or what if you even bring this biological family and then they mold 
as part of your extended family? What if this experience changes your life in ways you've never imagined? What if you, just by stepping in, change the trajectory and outcome for a child and their family that made generational changes? Like, that's powerful, right? So I would just say if, if this even feels like a little bit of a calling, lean into it, right? Mm-hmm. And again, just approach it with hopeful optimism that it might be something super amazing. Well, that's, I never thought of it that way. You I know, love that what so if much. This, 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 yeah, all of my, you know, that, that I'm finding myself thinking back to all of my what ifs before. And I've kind of forgotten about them because now I'm thinking about what if I would have said no? What if I wouldn't have gone to the first? We just had Braden's fifth birthday and there must have been how many people at the, 50 you people. know, there's people <laughs> that just love this boy that never would have otherwise got to know him, and he's just... And now you have this huge, giant family, Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they do. They become family, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what if we wouldn't have brought Anna into our home? Like, how different everything would be and how much we would have missed out on. Yeah, I love that. I, I've never thought of it that way. That's really powerful. I think it's, I think it's easier to be scared going into situations, yeah. but I think if you can turn around and be brave and be hopeful and optimistic, I think you have a wonderful power to make a lasting change in the life of a child yeah life-changing for you but also yes no matter what happens that's what I always say no matter what the circumstances no matter what happens in that situation you will have a positive impact in the life of a child and there's nothing more important than that thank you so much for making time for us I know that your message will hit a lot of people in the fields we're going to need to hit them (laughs) so go to go to loveisneverwasted.org watch the film love is never wasted Instagram follow us follow along even if you're not interested just knowing this stuff is going to make a big difference um, and change the lives of children I think too if you have questions on some of these resources and tools and you're not really sure about some of the things to get educated on, reach out to your local DCFS office too. We have lots of workers who, that's their job is to provide resources and strategies and tools and we're here to help you through this process so you don't ever feel alone. Perfect, I love that. So thank you again and thanks for listening. Thank you.